Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari. This is another episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, we're going to be talking about neurotransmitters, nootropics, and other supplements. We're going to be focusing on how to beat procrastination, brain fog, and anxiety. My guest is Roy Krebs. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Natural Stacks. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at golftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, golftours.com. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Today, I have Roy Krebs with me. He is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Natural Stacks. Hi, Roy. Hi. Thank you so much, Don. Thank you for being on A Teaspoon of Healing. And before we go into a little bit about your story, Natural Stacks, it's a supplement company and it's nootropics, or do you do uh, other supplements as well? We're on a mission to build a billion better brains. Nice. So yes, most of our products are brain health related, otherwise known as nootropics. Nice. Yeah. And that's definitely a hot topic lately and nootropics, biohacking, boosting brain performance. Before we talk about that, I wanted to talk a little bit about your story. So you're a lifelong athlete. And you got into this because your grandfather suffered some cognitive decline, which is so common as a lot of people get older. So what brought you to, you know, studying and being passionate about brain health? Yeah. So you got the the quick gist of it, but I've been an athlete my whole life. I've done martial arts since I was five years old and I have a black belt in two different martial arts. I've studied a couple other ones and then I got pretty big into football. My father played football in college. Both of my grandparents actually played football in college. And it was kind of something that I always, even as a kid, wanted to do. And so I did. I ended up playing Division III football, not the big leagues like like D1, but still very competitive. And I just became a fine-tuned machine physically. You know, I was able to get a lot of output on my body. I it's working out a ton, eating the right things. I put on a lot of weight, but it was, you know, good weight. And, and I was still very, pretty quick and, and agile. And then several years after college, I was, I was still very active doing martial arts. And in my job, I noticed that I was procrastinating and I had a little bit of brain fog and it was kind of the first time I, I realized that, you know, I've always been a good student and, you know, work hard in, in my job, but, but I just noticed that my brain was kind of slipping a little bit and, and I'd have this to do list, but I, I wouldn't get it started and just, 
you know, the to-do list kept getting a little bigger and I was, I was just procrastinating. And then also I, I felt like I couldn't focus f- for that long. And then ar- around the same time, my grandfather got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia and his degradation happened quite quickly. And I was scared, you know, I, I had this in my family, I, I realized, and my own brain wasn't working great. I thought, you know, wow, was I, was this from, from football? Is my brain damaged? What's going on? So this was the first time I really started looking at my own brain health. And I had taken supplements my whole life, but it never really occurred to me that I could take supplements for my brain. And when I talk to folks today, there's kind of a similar feeling that people are very comfortable to take a protein or a pre-workout or something. But once you say, hey, take this and it's going to help build a better brain, it's a, people are a little more skeptical. But this whole world really opened my eyes and I started doing some really in-depth research in, into brain health supplements and what I could take to one, kill my procrastination and, and relieve my brain fog, but also something that was going to be safe for long-term use. And when I was looking at what was on the market currently, I just wasn't satisfied with, with what I saw. So then created natural stacks. That's how it went down. We've been in business for about six years. So it's been quite a journey, but yeah, it just came from a need of me wanting to take a a safe natural supplement for my own brain. When I was looking at the market, there was just two approaches. One is a standalone herb, which is typically like a ginkgo, a goat's cola, huperzine A. Mm -hmm. There's basically 15 different brain health ingredients that are well known. They're well studied. They've been around for a long time, but they're not very effective. They don't do that much or you take it for, you know, 60 days and maybe it's supposed to help. But I tried all of them and I didn't get real immediate results that I was looking for. And then on the other side of the spectrum were these nootropic formulas that were just starting to be more popular. And when I looked at these formulas, I wasn't comfortable with those either because typically it was proprietary formula. You didn't know exactly what was in there. And it was just a kind of a jumbled mix of those same 15 ingredients that everyone knows is good for your brain. And there really was an effective dose of each ingredient. There was no kind of rhyme or reason behind that combination of ingredients. And, And I tried those products too. And sure, I felt more. There was definitely more going on in my brain, but it almost made me procrastinate more. It was kind of like a scattered feeling. Oh, interesting. So that's why we kind of created our approach of these very targeted brain health formulas at natural stacks. And for people who don't know, what is a nootropic? I mean, I know they boost brain health, but in general, what, it, what is a nootropic for people who've never heard of it? Yeah. And I don't know, for some reason, it seems to have some sort of negative connotation or, or maybe it's just a newer really? term that people are like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it sounds really really cool, <laughs> but really just nootropic. All it means is a, a cognitive enhancing substance. So caffeine is the most well-used nootropic. Oh, okay. So caffeine, we'll get into that later because I'm going to talk a little bit about anxiety. People have anxiety because there's some people, there's a focus a little bit on that and beating it naturally. And caffeine can affect that. Oh, so we'll discuss that in a little bit. So nootropics. Now you mentioned procrastination and brain fog. So a lot of us deal with that. I know I do. Procrastination used to be my middle name pretty much, especially in college and, you know, all of us. Sometimes I thought maybe it was a fear of 
because I'm kind of a perfectionist. It's a fear of not doing a good enough job, but I'm not sure. So how did you beat that procrastination and brain fog? Yeah. So what I found was procrastination is actually really related to dopamine neurotransmitter in your brain. And there's four main neurotransmitters in your brain, dopamine, acetylcholine, serotonin, and GABA. And dopamine is responsible for mental drive and motivation and wanting to get out of bed in the morning and do something. And yet through my research, I discovered that that procrastination, if you're experiencing procrastination, it's very likely that you're low in dopamine at that time. Okay. And brain fog is mostly related to acetylcholine and also maybe some gut health, but acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter in your brain that's most responsible for mental processing speed and clarity. And if you're low in acetylcholine, you're going to have some, a little bit of fog and your brain's going to be working a little slower than it should. So really I became quite interested in brain health. Once I I learned about these neurotransmitters and how they work and how they relate to each other and the negative symptoms that you might feel if you become deficient in one of these neurotransmitters. Okay. And so acetylcholine, we'll talk about that one. So for people who don't know, what is it? It's a a neurotransmitter, correct? And I know there's, we have receptors for it. And so if you take it, how, how do you get that? What can you take to boost that? Sure. So there are natural substances and there's there's drugs that can help increase the production of or slow down the degradation of certain neurotransmitters and there's some interesting synergies when you can do both so there's natural amino acids in particular for dopamine there's natural amino acids like l-phenolanine and l-tyrosine these are found in meat cheese and nuts And these are basically the precursors. This is what your brain naturally uses to create dopamine. So by starting with these amino acid precursors and supporting them with the cofactors, cofactors are what your brain used to metabolize that amino acid into the neurotransmitter. And the cofactors are generally vitamins and minerals. So there's specific vitamins and minerals that help your brain metabolize dopamine. And then the other approach is to slow the breakdown. So you could think of that as like your brain is always looking for some sort of homeostasis where you you have balance. There's enzymes that break down neurotransmitters. So if one neurotransmitter becomes overactive, you have these enzymes that naturally break that down and kind of search for a balance again. So there are other substances that can inhibit those enzymes so that you can allow for a longer lasting effect of a certain neurotransmitter. So that's kind of the two main approaches to enhancing one of these neurotransmitters is to either feed it more of the nutrients to build that neurotransmitter or to give nutrients that slow the breakdown of that neurotransmitter. And if you can do both, it's, it's pretty powerful. Okay. And it can help if you, if you're taking these, it can help boost your brain health. It can boost, as far as it can help eliminate the brain fog and the procrastination that all people deal with? Yeah, well, it's important to be very introspective and to understand not just, you know, I'm off today or my brain's not feeling great today, but but take that a step further. What is it about your brain that's not working great? Because typically you can define a symptom and relate that to a specific neurotransmitter. 
And what's really interesting is that the balance of these four neurotransmitters in your brain at any given time defines how you feel. It defines how you interact with others. It defines, yeah, your, your mood, your empathy, your drive. And, and really when it comes down to it, your personality, who you are, how you see the world and how you process information is defined by the levels of these four neurotransmitters. And everyone genetically has a dominance towards one or two of these neurotransmitters. And that means your brain creates those neurotransmitters a little more efficiently than it creates the others. And that's why everyone has a different personality. Oh, That's why everyone acts different ways and processes information different ways is, is more empathetic than others. Or certain people are more, you know, brain processing heavy. Some people are more people person. Some people are more reclusive and that personality, that genetic personality is just the levels of these four neurotransmitters in your brain. So you, you may be predetermined to have, you know, greater levels of acetylcholine and that's going to make you kind of a fast, fast thinker. That's going to make you more of a people person. Or if you're predominantly GABA heavy, more of GABA neurotransmitter in your brain, you're going to be more empathetic. You're going to be more in touch with your feelings. So that when I learned this, I just, it became super interesting to me. And that's when I really just dove in deep in, into these neurotransmitter research and how they all work. So it's not just set in stone genetically. So, you know, every, almost every hour, but every day, these things fluctuate a little bit. And that depends on what you're eating. It depends on your environment, natural sunlight. If you're exposed to positive or negative relationships, all these things influence your neurotransmitter levels. And so if you can define how you're feeling at any given time, you can relate that to how maybe your neurotransmitter levels are, and then you can do something about it. And you can take supplements and you can do some environmental things, some exercises to try to boost specific neurotransmitters so that you can relieve that negative symptom or, or you can feel better or you can kind of nudge your brain in, in a direction if you're going to be doing a certain activity. So if I'm going to be giving a, a big presentation in the morning or something, I'm nervous about it. I'm feeling a little bit anxious. I can support my GABA and that's going to help relieve feelings of anxiety. That's going to help me feel more relaxed and more myself. So one, it, it becomes really powerful when you can be introspective and you can figure out, okay, maybe I'm low in serotonin at this time. You know, I'm feeling a little bit negative for some reason. I just have a little bit lower self-esteem. I'm not very happy about this situation. Maybe I'm stressed out and, and you can do things to help boost your serotonin. I know this is kind of a simplified approach to brain health, but it, it's really powerful and it works. This is really interesting. I didn't know that. So all of us have different combinations of these, like have maybe more dopamine, more GABA than the other. I didn't know that. And that's really interesting. So just to break these four neurotransmitters down really quickly, dopamine is that mental drive, motivation, the ability to experience pleasure. Chocolate and, and caffeine help increase dopamine. So if you gravitate towards chocolate and caffeine a lot, do you think that could mean that you're a little deficient in dopamine? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. Hmm. I'm wondering now. I'm like, <laughs> those are some of my favorite things. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. And, and for me too, that, that was one of my problems is I was procrastinating. And yes, I love coffee. I love chocolate. And my brain's trying to get a little more of that. Interesting. And if you have a little less dopamine, it, so if, you, if you're a little deficient in that, you're going to have brain fog, procrastination. What else? Yeah. So low libido, you know, just you're not motivated. You're, you're kind of, you wake up in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed. Those are feelings of being lo- low dopamine. I was there. I've been there. Not like not now, but yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm doing something right because I don't feel it as much. Okay. So dopamine precursors and cofactors, uh, nutrients to support dopamine. It's really nice to take in the morning. It's like kind of the time when your brain is uh, kind of wants some dopamine. And that gives you the, the drive to accomplish a day and, and go do stuff. Some mental, like clean mental energy almost. And then acetylcholine is responsible for short-term memory, mental processing, speed, and clarity. So this one is a little more related to brain fog. If you become deficient in acetylcholine, you're going to have trouble remembering people's names, where you put your keys. And I call this tip of the tongue syndrome. What's that one word you're thinking of? You know, it's, if you're experiencing that on a regular basis, it's, it's very likely you're, you're low in acetylcholine. And people that are Alzheimer's or dementia and really elderly folks in general, they've found are very deficient in this neurotransmitter. So uh, very important to support this neurotransmitter as you age, but it's kind of the main neurotransmitter for mental processing, connecting the dots, multitasking, being able to synthesize information, but really that's the mental processing speed and clarity. And it's nice to support this neurotransmitter, you know, during the day or kind of late morning when you're, you're doing some more cognitive heavy tasks. And then serotonin is responsible for a happy mood. And, and this is the one a lot of people know about. Serotonin mm-hmm. is responsible for making you smile. And if you become low in serotonin, you're negative, you're stressed out. We found that people who are deficient of serotonin on a regular basis, that they kind of snack a lot, carbohydrates and sugar, because your brain uses those to, it's like a quick fix to get more serotonin into your brain, carbohydrates. And trouble sleeping as well. If, if you become low in serotonin, that could happen. But really, it's just feeling negative and, and kind of lower self-esteem. And what I found is a lot of people kind of need to support this neurotransmitter in the afternoon. You know, it's it, the afternoon slump that everyone knows about. Is, mm-hmm. is You've kind of been working all day. You're not in the best mood. Maybe you're a little stressed. And if you can boost your serotonin at that time, you're going to finish the day strong. And you're going to you know, feel good about that day. And then GABA is the last of the four main neurotransmitters, and, and GABA is responsible for calmness and relaxation. Mm-hmm. And so if you become deficient in GABA, you're going to be overstimulated, overwhelmed. If you ever lay in bed and you just have like racing thoughts, you know, there's like so much on your mind, that's, it's potential that you're low in GABA. So that, yeah, that feeling of kind of dread or, or anxious thoughts is, is related to low GABA. And it's really nice to support that neurotransmitter in the evening. Alcohol increases GABA. So that's kind of how alcohol works is it, it slows you down. It helps relieve that anxious thoughts. You're not, you know, if you're overstimulated, a lot of people, when they come home from work, the first thing they reach for is a drink, you know, because they need to unwind. Right. That's what GABA is responsible for, helping you unwind. There's kind of a lot, but 
really any kind of negative, negative feeling that you're feeling mentally can generally be related to one of those neurotransmitters. So I'm assuming anxiety probably has a lot to do with, with GABA or serotonin. Mostly related to GABA. Now, a lot of people, they, they're going to, uh, to boost their brain and just to wake up in the morning, they're going to drink some coffee. They're going to take some caffeine. And that mm-hmm. spikes, you know, a lot of stuff. It spikes the cortisol and it spikes, you know, anxiety symptoms. So how can you rel- relieve anxiety that is increased with caffeine use? Say you want the caffeine to boost your, you know, your brain power, but then you get the jitters and the anxiety. Is there anything we, people can do to alleviate that? Yeah, you can combine caffeine with L-theanine. Okay, and what is L-theanine? L-theanine is a natural amino acid. It's found in green tea. And that's why green tea, which also has caffeine, but it it also has a high amount of this L-theanine, and the L-theanine really balances out the caffeine. L-theanine is a precursor to GABA, Mm -hmm. and it helps calm you down. It helps. And when combined with caffeine, it relieves the anxiousness, the feeling or the jitters that, that happen with caffeine. And it, it helps boost your GABA so that you can balance that out. And, and so, yeah, if you're a real coffee lover, but maybe you're having problems with some overstimulation or feeling some anxiousness with, with caffeine, you can add some L-theanine to your coffee. L-theanine actually tastes a little bit sweet. It's, it's kind of nice. And it's, it's a really well proven. There's, there's multiple, multiple human studies supporting, supporting this combination. Typically it's, it's a two to one ratio. So like 200 milligrams of theanine to 100 milligrams of caffeine, 100 milligrams of caffeine is about a small cup of coffee. Okay. So if you don't like the taste of green tea that some people don't, you can actually get this L-theanine in a powder yeah, you can, you can buy it in a straight powder or you can buy capsules and just open them up. That way it's dosed nicely, which I kind of like not having to use like a milligram scale or something. You're going to feel something similar as do you feel as green tea, which is you get some energy, but you also have this Zen feeling. Yes. So that's why if I drink like a matcha or green tea, you don't feel as, you still get the boost, but not as jittery, not as, exactly. yeah. That is really interesting. I bet a lot of people are going to find that really, really helpful because that's one of the issues. A lot of people are looking at caffeine, but then they're having, they're getting spikes in their, in their anxiety and stress because of that. Mm -hmm. And and there's natural essential oils and herbs and stuff too, that, that help boost your GABA. So rosemary, you know, if you can imagine the smell of rosemary, it's Mm -hmm. quite calming. Yes. And that's because GABA works on, on your GABA. I mean, rosemary works on the GABA neurotransmitter in your brain. And the way rosemary works is it's a GABA esterase inhibitor. And that sounds complicated, but that just means it slows the breakdown. It inhibits that enzyme that naturally breaks down GABA. So it allows for, for more GABA for a longer amount of time. If you're in an area where you can actually get some fresh rosemary, that's awesome. You know, you keep it in your bag and you can even kind of like rub it in your hands, you know, and then you, you get some of that essential oils onto your hands and, or you can rub that into your skin a little bit under your nose. So yeah, that's a nice kind of natural way that, that you can use some plant medicine to, to really support that GABA. Nice. 
Now, magnesium is also something that is suggested to a lot of people who want to calm down. You know, they have the, I forgot what that natural calm, I think it's called. There's Mm -hmm. that. And so there's magnesium. So what else is magnesium? What else can it do for your brain? Is it, I'm assuming it's a really good thing to take because that's what, and a lot of us are deficient in it. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite passionate about magnesium. I believe that if you're going to just take one supplement, it should be magnesium. So if you can only choose one supplement to take, take a magnesium. And like you said, most people are deficient. I think it's something like 60 to 70% of American adults are deficient. And it's closer to like 70 or 80% of elderly adults are deficient in magnesium. And it's because you get magnesium from green leafy vegetables. Most people don't eat enough of those. And even if you do, our soils are really depleted of the natural minerals they used to have. And it's, it's really hard to get sufficient magnesium in your diet. And to make it worse, your body orally is really poor at absorbing minerals, all minerals. And so like transdermal is through the skin is the best way to get magnesium into your system quickly. So like a magnesium lotion or an Epsom salt bath. I didn't know that because I've taken the Epsom, you know, we all get, have taken those and it's very relaxing. So I wasn't aware of this. So, you know, taking a supplement or drinking a some sort of natural calm, it's not as effective as a transdermal magnesium. Transdermal will be the, the most effective by far. Yeah. If you become slightly deficient in magnesium, in which most people are, the, the symptoms start pretty mild, but they tend to get worse over time. And it's, it starts with kind of some restlessness, having trouble falling asleep, maybe some stress or some mood issues, uh, muscle cramping, it, it, like kind of tightness in, in your joints and, and muscles. And over time, it kind of gets worse. You, you can get some lightheadedness. And really over years and years, it turns into heart disease. Your heart needs magnesium to beat. And, you know, it's not a surprise that heart disease is one of the most prominent problems in, in America. I, I think because a big part of it is because a lot of people are deficient in magnesium. And, and so super and super important to take. But, but the, I want to let your audience know that when you're looking for a supplement magnesium, because you're not taking an Epsom salt bath every day, supplements are convenient. Mm-hmm. But like I said, orally, your, your body has quite a hard time absorbing minerals. So you have to find a really high quality chelated form of magnesium. Chelated means that they bound the magnesium molecule to an amino acid. Your body is really efficient at absorbing amino acids. That's what all your main food groups are made out of. And so if you can combine the molecule, the magnesium to an amino acid, then it gets absorbed really efficiently because you're kind of piggybacking that amino acid to get the magnesium into your bloodstream. So you have to really look at the labels of different supplements and it can be quite confusing for consumers because if you go to your health food store, there's maybe a hundred different kinds of magnesiums and they're priced from five bucks to 50 bucks. And you have to really sort through that. And what it is, is that you don't want something that ends in an IDE. It's much better to have something that ends in an ATE. That generally means it's going to be chelated. So magnesium oxide is the lowest absorbable kind of magnesium. It's anywhere from like four to 
15% absorbed. So really poorly absorbed. And the rest just kind of goes right through you. It causes some loose stools. And some people have a negative connotation of magnesium that it's going to give you diarrhea or something. Yeah. But that's <laughs> true. <laughs> it's, not, it's only true if you have a really low quality magnesium, like magnesium oxide, because your body cannot absorb that. So that the next grade up will be magnesium citrate. And magnesium citrate is magnesium that's bound to citric acid. It's a little better absorbed, but still it's only like 30% or less absorption rates on magnesium citrate. This is the most common form of magnesium. It's found in most supplements, but it can still be a little harsh on the gut sometimes. It's acidic, you know, it's, and so that's not what I recommend. I recommend going for a fully chelated magnesium. This will be like magnesium glycinate or magnesium taurate or magnesium threonate, magnesium orinate. These are magnesiums that are bound to an amino acid. So magnesium glycinate is magnesium that's bound to glycine. Magnesium taurate is magnesium that's bound to taurine. And so what's cool about these forms of magnesiums is that not only are you getting the magnesium, you're getting a functional amino acid to go with it. So you have almost more benefits. And the absorption rates on those are like 85% or, or something around there. So it's uh, you're really getting a lot more for your money, even though these types of magnesiums are be quite a bit more expensive, mm -hmm. you're actually getting the magnesium into your system. Now, do they have as many side effects, you know, the gastrointestinal or no. is it a little bit, is it less? Oh, okay. That's good None, to know. Yeah. Because you're actually absorbing it. The, the gastrointestinal or the, the loose stools happens when you have these poor absorption rates like magnesium oxide because it, you can't get absorbed. So it actually does kind of go right through you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what it is. As far as other things that help people with anxiety, CBD is a big buzzword. I don't know if it qualifies as a nootropic or not. Sure. Yeah, it is. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, but sometimes it doesn't work for some people or perhaps it's the product, you know, there's so many CBD products on the market and people with anxiety, you know, there, there a lot of people feel relief from it. They'll re feel relief from one. And then some of it is just like taking, I mean, it's just snake oil. And it's like paying $90 just for, I don't know, drink water would be better. The CBD world. And we released some CBD products like six months ago. So I, I did a ton of research and figured out what the heck is going on in the CBD industry. Because like you said, there's, there's a lot of garbage out there and there's also straight up just fake Mm -hmm. fake products that that don't have cbd when they claim they do or have like a synthetic version of cbd that did not come from a hemp plant that might actually cause some health issues and so the, the cbd world yeah there's there's a lot to talk about there but generally speaking most people are going to have a a better result from a full spectrum extract versus an isolate and so an isolate is just a 99% CBD. It's, it's like a single molecule, almost, you know, it's almost like a drug. It's just like a single compound. But these isolates are impossible to trace back to the source, really. And a lot of times they're, they could be fake or, or synthetic. And the full spectrum extracts encompasses all of the natural compounds from the hemp plant, the way nature intended, which in which includes all the cannabinoids, not just CBD, the essential oils, the terpenes, vital compounds, 
And they call it the entourage effect. All, all these natural compounds work together and create more of, of a beneficial effect. And, and most people are going to feel that more. And it's going to have more therapeutic effect rather than just having this one cannabinoid CBD because there's other cannabinoids that, that work magic as well. CBG and CBDA and all the terpenes as well that you really want to get all of that, you know, that, and people that, that experience that you, you can do it side by side easily. You, you're going to feel better on a full spectrum extract just because there's, there's a, a lot more medicinal compounds in that, that product. So that's what people should look for. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you also want to get a clean extraction method. So the well-known clean way to extract the hemp plant to a full spectrum CBD hemp extract will, will be the CO2 extraction. So the CO2 extraction is, they call it supercritical CO2. It's, it's basically really high pressure and it squeezes out the molecules and there's zero solvents used. So it's super clean. A lot of CBD products on the market today are using these industrial solvents like hexane and, and butane and methanol. And these, these are toxic mm-hmm. up to 20% of residual solvent can end up in the final product and cause some negative side effects. And so you just, you have to really look at not just what, you know, what's the final product, but how was it made? And just the easiest way we'll look for, look for a CO2 extraction is typically a little more expensive, but it's way cleaner. The other kind of clean way to do it is a lipid extraction. And that's where they just throw a bunch of hemp plant into like a huge vat of, of oil. They slowly cook it at a low temperature and then they pull out the hemp plants and you end up with this infused oil. And so those are the two really clean ways to extract the CBD from the hemp plant. And if you suffer for, from anxiety, how do you suggest taking the CBD to, to alleviate it? Is there a certain time of day that's better? Or, how do you, or in combination with another herb or supplement? Yeah, so it's, you want to, again, listen to your body. And with the CBD, I've, I've heard people that have success just taking it every day. You know, it's kind of like on the routine and it kind of keeps them more balanced. It keeps their endocannabinoid system in check. Whereas other people are, they'll take it more just when they're starting to feel some anxious thoughts, then they'll take their, their CBD then to help combat that. So maybe they don't take it every day and they, they need it just a couple of days a week and they, they use it then. What I also tell people is not to overdose on CBD. There's these dropper tincture products are really popular and people just kind of like squeeze a bunch into their mouth, <laughs> you know, not paying attention to the dosages. And if you take a really high dose of CBD over time, you kind of desensitize your, your CB1 receptors, your endocannabinoid system, and it's, it's not going to work as great. And I found just for normal, healthy adults, like uh, 10 to 15 milligrams of CBD is, is the kind of sweet spot for a dose. And I've seen people take like 100 milligrams at a time. And it's sure, you're going to feel that. But I think if you're going to plan on taking this, this on a more regular basis, you don't need a big dose. You know, you, especially if you're taking a full spectrum extract, you're going to feel the benefits at 10 or 15 milligrams. Oh, okay. And... What are a couple other things people with, with anxiety, what other nootropics do you recommend? I've heard of the tryptophan or um, tyrosine. Yeah, so 
Tyrosine is a precursor to dopamine. Tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin. And sometimes I think that people kind of feel some serotonin deficiency and maybe mix that up with, with anxiety. So serotonin is also important to support. And yet L-tryptophan is, is the most well-known amino acid to help support that. But also some people are kind of underdosing tryptophan. Really, you need like a thousand milligrams to, to make a big difference. But yeah, tryptophan, it, that will help support your serotonin. That will help you feel more positive and relieve stress. Okay. And then uh, also rhodiola. Rhodiola is an adaptogen herb that can help lower cortisol, which kind of through a back door helps increase serotonin. If you're high cortisol, which means you're feeling some stress or you're kind of uptight and, you know, some cortisol is good in the morning. You need it to wake up. But if you have too much cortisol, you're stressed out and you literally can't be happy if you're stressed out. So if you can control for that cortisol, if you can help do that through adaptogens, rhodiola is a great one, probably my favorite, then you can help support your serotonin and you can feel like you're in a better mood. But like I said at the beginning, anxiety is, is generally related to GABA. And so, you know, we, we don't want people just to be looking for the alcohol, you know, all the time because that leads to other negative symptoms. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, try, try meditation, you know, going for a walk outside and, and just slowing down your brain. And, you know, meditating is super hard. Yes. But <laughs> yes, can, and we've had, yeah, I've had know, a couple of guests talking yeah. about that. It is hard. I have a hard time with it still. It's super hard, but... I mean, we're seeing that really in today's time, mood and, and anxiety are huge, huge issues. You know, almost everyone is experiencing this. And I, I think it's kind of a result of our fast paced society. There's notifications everywhere. You're, uh, with social media, you're, you're in tune with, with everyone's life, wh whether that's their real life or not. Mm -hmm. But you, you, know, you get kind of this, you're, you're very caught up and there's so much stimulus happening and it's hard for people just to relax and, and calm down and breathe, you know? So yeah, I think it's a huge issue. Those apps like Calm are, mm -hmm. are becoming massively popular be, because it's a really simple concept. This app just tells you to, to breathe. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. App. But you know, it works. If you can just consciously take some time out of the day and try to, kind of the meditation technique is, is your thoughts come in the left side of your brain and you want to push them out the right side of your brain and you want to process that information as soon as you can and just get it out of your brain. And if you can get better at this, you get to the point where you're not thinking about anything and that's where you want to be. Have a few minutes of just complete Zen where you can clear these thoughts from your brain as fast as you can. And you'll just feel so much more calmer after that. And, and that's related to GABA. Um, that's a way to naturally boost your GABA. And of course there's supplements and, and drugs you, you can utilize as well to, to boost your GABA neurotransmitter, but it all comes down to being true to yourself and introspective. And am I feeling this way? Yes or no answer. If it's yes, do something about it. You know, go take a walk, meditate, take some supplements, whatever you need to do and try to get yourself back to a normal balance again. Nice. Those are really good tips. So sometimes it's, there, there are herbs to take, there are supplements to take, but a lot of it is lifestyle or anxiety. And I know there's a lot of people who want to get off medications for it. You know, they used to just give out Xanax for it, which is, 
I know because that's what they used to give me. And they still do. Yeah, they still do. And then I know it it boosts the GABA, but it actually ends up depleting it. You're not able to generate it on your own as much. Exactly. So if somebody's getting off that, how so they can just boost their own GABA production just by by doing the things you mentioned. I mean, getting off of drugs is is very difficult, especially when it's an invasive drug like that, that I don't recommend just going cold Turkey on something like that. You have to, you know, gradually reduce your dose. And I'm not a doctor. Of course, this is not medical advice. Right, right. Please talk to your doctor. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously if you can find a way to support yourself naturally, then that's awesome. And, and that should be a, a focus. The, the drugs a lot of time can, can just be a crutch or, or almost like a, a band-aid that aren't addressing, you know, the real issue of your, you know, you're constantly stressed out. You got too much going on. You're, you're not happy in your relationship or something. And the drug can, can help mask that. But like you said, over time, it, it can kind of lead to more problems. Definitely. Definitely. Even besides the dependence factor, just the fact that it can deplete your own, it can hamper your own brain's ability to create the GABA. And so, you know, and I know that people, you know, sometimes it's very useful if you're definitely, if you're having an acute anxiety attack. And again, I'm also not a doctor and there's a disclaimer on this podcast that this is not medical advice. Please consult your doctor, but there are things you can do to boost your own GABA production and to reduce your anxiety uh, naturally. If you need something, find it. And Drugs work. So I'm not against mm-hmm. drugs, you know, people, yeah, absolutely. people need it and they absolutely work. The big thing is just that if you're feeling something wrong, there, there's probably something wrong going in your body and just try to find a solution. And if it's, if you need a drug, you need that drug, but yeah, it's kind of like start, start with the basic steps of, of your lifestyle, your diet, you know, your exercise, your getting natural sunlight and, and kind of go from there. Nice. Now, before we sign off, so your company, Natural Stack, so you make, you guys produce nootropics and supplements. So how can people find out more about Natural Stacks? Sure. So we're on a mission to build a billion better brains. We we noticed that, that mental health is, is probably the biggest issue of our time. And we want to help people think faster, remember more, sleep better. We have products that target individual neurotransmitters, and that's why I've learned so much about this, is that rather than just taking a a single supplement that kind of does everything for your brain, your brain doesn't work like that. You know, it it works a lot better if you can support individual pathways or individual neurotransmitters at a time. So we offer these neurotransmitter-specific products so that you can have a lot more control. And, and you can boost certain neurotransmitters at certain times of day or, or different situations based on how you're feeling or, or what you want to do that day. Um, trybrainfood.com is our intro offer to people that want to try out those products. I think we're offering half off and it, it's a great way to just test out those products and kind of see how your neurotransmitters work and how you like that feeling and maybe how you can utilize those. So trybrainfood.com. And then just our general website is naturalstacks.com. We have a ton of information on there. We're, we're very transparent with all of our sourcing and lab testing. And, and yeah, check us out. We have a super high quality magnesium complex too. That's why I kind of dove into that is I noticed that just a lot of these magnesium products on the market were, were super low quality. And this was something that people needed. Absolutely. 
so yeah, and then reach out to myself, please do Roy at naturalstacks.com. Happy to, to help people on this path. And like I said, I'm not a doctor at all. I never went to medical school. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a chemist. <laughs> I went to school for economics, but uh, over the last years, I, I've really dug into a lot of research and, and really learned how the brain works. And so, yeah, please reach out Roy at naturalstacks.com. Nice. Well, thank you, Roy for joining me today on a teaspoon of healing. Thank you. I learned a lot and I hope everyone else did too. So again, if you have questions, you can email Roy at naturalstacks.com. You can also reach out to me, Dawn at teaspoonofhealing.com and I can forward the email to Roy. Awesome. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost and we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance and specialty margaritas. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, you can email me, dawn at teaspoonofhealing.com. And if you are not a current subscriber, please subscribe. You can do that at my website as well, teaspoonofhealing.com. I have links to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google. And stay tuned for next week for more. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information.